The New Orleans Saints have already had a solid offseason, but it can get a whole lot better because they have kept their eye on tight end Foster Moreau. We got all that and a little bit of Lanyat for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always, being Locked On Saints, your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints. You can also find me every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and of course here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at BetterHelp Therapy Online. BetterHelp connects you with the licensed therapists who can make sure that they help you take the journey that you want to take to self-discovery from wherever you are. Just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. Tell you a little bit more about BetterHelp later, but for today's episode, we're going to be breaking out a couple of different things. We're going to get to some of your questions from last night's live stream. Remember, we'll have another live stream this evening around 6 p.m. Central Time, taking a look at A.T. Perry. Yesterday's was around Jordan Howden. So we're going to take a look at, uh, can the New Orleans Saints Defense, just how good can they be? We'll break that down as well as answer a few more of your questions from the live show. We're also going to take a look at regrading the 2022 New Orleans Saints draft class. One year later, looking back, how are we feeling? But first, we had some late breaking news on Monday night. The New Orleans Saints, according to Brooke Kirchhofer over at WWL TV, as well as New Orleans.Football, uh, tweeting out the, a report and according to her sources, that the New Orleans Saints have a standing offer on the table for former Las Vegas Raiders tight end Foster Moreau. And of course, that there are other teams that are also interested in signing Moreau as well. So the reason why I wanted to lead the show off with this today is because this is big news for New Orleans. And this could be one of those signings and one of those moves that actually kind of takes their offseason over the top a little bit. You look at the one place where the Saints still need a lot of help, and it's at tight end. And even though Foster Moreau wouldn't be immediate help, he would be help when the New Orleans Saints would need it the most. Here's the way that things would go down if Foster Moreau does indeed sign with the New Orleans Saints. In case you missed it or in case you don't remember, Foster Moreau was here in New Orleans on a free agency visit in March. And during that time, he had undergone a routine physical, which is routine for you know players coming in, getting medical checks, things like that with teams that they might be interested in signing or, or signing with or teams that might be interested in signing them. And clearly, there's a little bit of both happening here. Um, during that, he was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Now, this is a, a cancer diagnosis that is a manageable situation. It was found early enough. And the expectation from Foster Moreau himself is that he could be cleared and ready to continue playing football by midseason. Despite this news, the Jesuit High School alum, the LSU former LSU Tiger, has never dimmed the light on his potential return to the NFL. And in fact, he's only been positive about that. So for New Orleans, if they're looking at Foster Moreau and saying, this is a player that we want in the room, 
and that they want in the tight end room, which remember got a little bit thinner when they traded away Adam Troutman in order to move up to draft a uh, Wake Forest wide receiver A.T. Perry, who we'll be discussing in tonight's Locked on Saints episode, our live show. Um, then you know, getting a guy like Foster Monroe makes a ton of sense. So they could still sign him. They could still go after him, which is what they're trying to do if the, you know, with, with this report is that they're trying to sign him. Now, how do you do that? How do you sign a player that has just received a cancer diagnosis and may not be available to you until the middle of the season? Well, it's actually pretty simple. What the New Orleans Saints could do is that they could place him on the non-football injury list, the NFI list. If he starts the season there, he would not count against the 53-man roster. The Saints do not have to guarantee any type of pay for him or to him. However, they would very likely work something out because the Saints are a good organization. And then after week four, they could activate him. How late can they activate him? Well, for instance, last year, Jamison Williams, the Alabama wide receiver who was drafted by the tenant by the Detroit Lions, wasn't activated until December 3rd. So right before the, what is that, week 13 game, which was December 5th that weekend. And so the Saints could wait until he gets medically cleared and then activate him. And then bam, he's on their roster. Now he would have a little bit of time to, you know, probably practice and get his legs under him, learn the playbook, all these other things. Although, you know, heads up wise, he would have an entire, entirely long time, right? To learn the playbook during that time off or time away while he's getting his treatments, going through the regimen that he needs to go through to ensure his health, which is the most important part in all this. He could then return to the New Orleans Saints on contract and on the contract that they signed him on mid-season, late in the season, whatever. So this is this would be a huge move for New Orleans who want to give Derek Carr a guy that he's comfortable with. We saw that with the signing of Brian Edwards, and we see that with the interest in Foster Moreau. They also need another tight end. As we mentioned, they traded away Adam Troutman, but even when Adam Troutman was in the room, it felt like behind Juwan Johnson, it's just a bunch of unknowns at tight end. Who is Lucas Kroll, really? Who is Miller Forrestal? Will he even make the roster? Where does Taysom Hill take the majority of his snaps in 2023, even though he's classified now as a tight end, at least at this time? So it would be a wise move by New Orleans to still continue to build this position. And here's the other piece. Well, Ross, not only do they need a tight end, they don't just need a tight end 10 weeks into the season. They need one, another one week one that's a proven pass blocking or pass catching as well as blocking tight end. Well, remember, signing Foster Moreau and putting him on the NFI list keeps them from having to shell out a ton of money. So in that case, they could also sign another veteran free agent tight end on a minimum contract or a veteran benefit contract that hits their uh, that hits their salary cap at a lesser price than their actual contract terms are. And in that case, have a guy that's with them through the beginning of the season and then potentially move on from that player once they're ready to activate Foster Moreau or keep both once it's all said and done because the money won't be an issue in that case. So the Saints could really help themselves with this signing and really fill one of the two major holes that you look at that's left on this team, tight end and then depth all around the roster, right? You still want depth at linebacker. You still want depth on the defensive line at both inside and outside. You still want all that. So I think that getting a guy like Foster Moreau, though, helps them take a step forward. And listen, Foster Moreau owes the New Orleans Saints nothing, nothing at all. Just because they're the ones that found the diagnosis and just because they're the ones that happened to conduct the physical at the time does not mean that he is beholden to the New Orleans Saints to sign with them. Good on Foster Moreau for accepting and waiting to see what other opportunities are going to be there for him. That's exactly what he should do. 
the good news around all of this above anything else, if you remove fandom from it, is that when Foster Moreau is ready to make his triumphant return to the game of football, there will be a team ready to take advantage and bring him in and invest in those talents. And that's fantastic news for a guy who just received an otherwise life-changing diagnosis. But hopefully, we'll be talking about him in a New Orleans Saints uniform at some point in 2023. Coming up next, the New Orleans Saints didn't invest in tight end in this year's draft class. They also didn't invest in tight end in last year's draft class. And looking back at last year's draft class, how are we feeling about it? We'll take a look at what some of the experts graded right after the draft, and then we'll regrade based upon one year of production, which gives us an opportunity to have some perspective around this 2023 New Orleans Saints draft class as well. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Therapy is one of those things that has a lot of barriers to entry. There's a pride factor. There's a stigma factor. And sometimes there are other factors, even when you decide, yeah, this is something that I need. This is something that I want to do that could still get in the way. Finding the right therapist, traffic, depending upon where you live and where you have, what you have access to, what you don't have access to. That's the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that it removes some of the biggest points of barrier, like the biggest barriers to entry when it comes to therapy and getting the help that you might be looking for because you can do all of this and get matched up with certified therapists, licensed therapists from wherever you are at home, at work, on a lunch break, whatever it is that you need via video chat, uh, text chat, or phone call. Even if you don't want to show your face, you can do all of it over at BetterHelp. Help. If you want to check them out today, you can find more over at betterhelp.com slash locked on. When you go there, you're going to be able to get 10% off of your first month. Take a quick questionnaire. They'll get you locked in with a, uh, a therapist that is matched to your specificities. And beyond that, it's free to change therapists as well, just in case you need a couple more shots at the right one. So it just makes it so much easier for you. So you can find more balance and more opportunity with BetterHelp today, just visit betterhelp.com slash locked on so you get 10% off of your first month. Once again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always for making it your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you come back later on this week. We're going to have Brad Spielberger again at PFF underscore Brad from Pro Football Focus. One of our favorites here on the show, helping to break down the Saints draft class. We'll have that coming up for you. But as we begin to look at how to grade out or how to have your sort of thoughts, right? Your your grades, your thoughts, the success of the 2023 NFL draft, I thought it might be helpful, educational, vital, perhaps to go back to some previous draft classes of the New Orleans Saints and just keep in perspective the difference between when a draft class first is completed versus what they look like a year later, two years later, three years later. So over the course of the next couple of weeks, we'll be looking at that. And today we're starting off with the 2022 NFL draft or New Orleans Saints draft, which included players like Chris Olave, of course, and Trevor Penning, who were both the guys that were selected in the first round, wide receiver, left tackle. In the second round, turn around and grab Delonte Taylor out of Tennessee, a guy that a lot of folks didn't really know where he was going to be, who he was, things like that. And then all of a sudden turned into a little bit of a star in 2022. And now we're all super excited to see him in 2023 and what he can, turns into. Is he going to be the starter opposite Marshall Lattimore? All of that. And then they also went and got a uh, fifth round selection linebacker out of Appalachia, out of, uh, let me just going to say App State because I never actually say it correctly. 
uh, App State, DeMarco Jackson, as well as Jordan Jackson, who is no longer with the team, but defensive tackle uh, out of the Air Force. He is now a Denver Bronco. So when we look at some of the grades, the moment that this draft finished up, it got high marks. B minus from Mel Kuyper over at ESPN. Y'all know how I feel about plus and minus grades. Just give it a letter grade. Uh, CBS's Rick Spielman at the time gave them a B plus. Uh, Washington Post gave them a C plus. PFF gave them a C. You can look over to the draft network, which gave them an A minus. So you can kind of see that this for the majority of the for the majority of analysts and experts kind of hovered around a B grade. Like if we gave this an actual letter grade versus the cheating minus plus stuff, an A minus is a B, uh, a B plus is a B, uh, a, a B minus is a C, a C plus is a C. Like that's the way that I would look at all these things. So for me to revisit this a year later. There was a lot of excitement, and we had a very specific criteria, if you remember right. I was in Dallas covering the NFL draft. The NFL draft itself wasn't in Dallas, but one of our television stations is in Dallas, so I was there covering the draft live. And what I said after that draft was that this draft, which included just a handful of players, um, was going to be completely determined by the top three selections, the two first rounders of Chris Olave and Trevor Penning, as well as the second round selection of Alante Taylor. If those three players turned into short-term, long-term starters for you, then in two years, three years, four years, five years, we would be looking at this draft class as a success. One of the things that I think we've kind of gotten accustomed to is how many starters the New Orleans Saints draft in every class. If we look back at some of their draft classes here in the recent past, Trevor Penning, Chris Olave, legitimate starters at their position. I think Alante Taylor, legitimate starter at his position as well. DeMarco Jackson is an incomplete grade. He didn't get an opportunity to do anything in 2022 because of a season-ending injury before a season even got an opportunity to begin. Pete Werner, legitimate starter. Paul Sinadibo at least was legitimate starter. We'll see how the Paul Sinadibo-Alante Taylor conversation impact one another going forward. Cesar Ruiz, legitimate starter. Eric McCoy, legitimate starter. CJ Gardner-Johnson was a legitimate starter. Cade Nellis turned into and has developed into a legitimate starter. Marcus Davenport was a starter. Traquan Smith was a starter. Marshall Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, Trey Hendrickson, Alquidi Muhammad, all of these guys, maybe outside of Alquidi Muhammad, starters. And Alquidi Muhammad heavily rotated into any, any of the teams that he, he has landed with. Um, Sheldon Rankins, Michael Thomas, Von Bell, all guys still starters in the NFL. David Onyemata will be a starter in the NFL, even though he's not with the New Orleans Saints. Andrews Pete, starter with the New Orleans Saints. So we've kind of gotten a little bit spoiled by that, right? Like every year, the Saints happen to land two starter quality players. And not every team drafts that way. Ask the Los Angeles Rams. It's one of the reasons why they just started doling out picks and saying, nah, F them picks. We're going to trade and get the veteran players that we want. But then you look at where the Saints have been, and then we base that into, uh, upon, and we can use that sort of as a measuring stick now, to where almost if the Saints don't get two starters, two legitimate starters for a year or two in each of their drafts, that it's kind of a disappointment in a way. Last year's draft class isn't that. It's not a disappointment. The Saints might have gotten three quality starters out of a five-person draft class. Three quality starters out of five players selected. You can find an immediate comparison in the 2020 Saints draft class where four players were selected and they got one starter out of it. 
And that was one of those things that might have been hanging by a thread for a little while until we saw Caesar Ruiz really blossom last year. And there's still question marks around Caesar Ruiz because of Liz Frank injury. Was it, a, was it one season? Can he make it another season? He now has to prove that before getting another contract, all of those things. So I think when you look at the 2022 NFL draft class a year later, it's still pretty successful. Look, your biggest question mark right now is can Trevor Penning stay healthy? Because when he's on the field, he's good. Still deals with a little bit of trouble with speed rushers to his inside shoulder. That's something we've examined about him from Northern Iowa tape before he was drafted. Struggled with it still when he played, uh, you know, in, in, in the little bit of action that he got in 2022. But if he can improve that, if he can get better there, and he becomes a long-term starter for you at a prime position, premier position, like left tackle, the blind side tackle, and you get a premier starter at wide receiver, and you have a premier starting talent at cornerback, it's an A. It's not a B anymore. It's an A. DeMarco Jackson might turn into a long-term special teamer in the NFL even better. Even better. It might not be with the team because they have so many, you know, to see how much turnover they've always had at linebacker, particularly when it comes to depth. But if DeMarco Jackson turns into literal nothing, right? Like if, if DeMarco Jackson doesn't pan out at all, the Saints draft class could still be an A because of those top three players. And hopefully DeMarco Jackson doesn't just flutter out. Hopefully he actually gets a real opportunity and he gets a chance to show what he can do here in 2023. So I think when you look at the New Orleans Saints draft class in 2022, and you look at it and revisit it a year later, man, the expectations are still sky high when it comes to that draft class. And hopefully the 2023 draft class, which includes guys that you can project as starters, Brian Brzee, Isaiah Foskey, Kendra Miller could be a starter for the team someday, depending upon, I mean, again, he's only 20 years old to be 21 next month in June. He's going to outlast the running backs who are on the roster, just career-wise. And so if that's the case and he stays healthy and he's able to do that, he becomes a starter. A.T. Perry could become a starter in this offense. We just broke down Jordan Howden and how he could become a starter in this defense. Um, uh, uh, Nick Saldaveri, somebody that we broke down well before the draft, that was somebody we looked at and said, hey, he could become a starter. Like All of these guys can do that. The only person that might have trouble becoming a starter in this draft class is going to be Jake Hayner because quarterbacks his size don't pan out outside of very few exceptions. and. He was drafted to effectively be Derek Carr's protege or backup and, and, and all those other things. So maybe he turns into a start in the NFL someday too. We'll see. He's probably got the longest odds out of anybody just because of the position he plays. But when it comes to the rest of these guys, the Saints could have starters six out of seven, five out of seven. We're making a big deal here out of three out of five. So looking back at the Saints 2022 draft class, I would bump it up to an A. I think I said a B last year, but I'd bump it up to an A at this point. And we'll see what it looks like a year further down the road, two years further down the road. That's why we're going to come back to the 2021 draft classes and the 2020 draft classes so you can see how quickly these things can change, how quickly they can change. Coming up next, your questions from the live show where we broke down Jordan Howden. Uh, that's going to be taking a look first at how good can this New Orleans Saints defense be and what do they have to do to be at their absolute best. Got that coming up for you as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it. Houdat Nation wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Took a look at Foster Moreau, took a look back at the 2022 New Orleans Saints draft class and what that tells us about 
sort of the perspective of the 2023 draft class. We're going to keep doing that for a couple others, but now we want to move ahead to your questions from our live show, from Twitter, from Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, and I want to point out, because I meant to say it earlier, I actually wore my LSU shirt today um, because I was excited about Anissa Morrow um, signing on along with like Haley Van Lith and all them, you know, ganging up basically <laughs> over with the LSU women's basketball team. It's going to be incredible to watch last year. But now I'm going to kind of use it as my Foster Morrow um, kind of like little, hey, buddy, come back to New Orleans, hang around. All right, so let's get to your questions here. So the first one comes from our uh, one of our our, our the just awesome viewers that always comes through for like every live show, Kenneth Wesley. He asks, uh, "What if the Saints' defense fires on all cylinders out of the gate? How good do you think they can be in terms of their season ranking?" So here here's the thing. There's actually two questions here. I'll answer the first one though. If the Saints' defense is firing on all cylinders, then they're the best defense in the NFL. I have no problem saying that. You can say that about any NFL defense. Any NFL defense that's firing on all cylinders is probably the best defense in the NFL. The biggest thing and the real, not the real question, but the kind of like the bigger question that I kind of want to steer this towards is, can the Saints defense fire on all cylinders in 2023? Because they didn't in 2022, didn't get the takeaways, right? And we, we broke that down yesterday when we were kind of, when we were breaking down Jordan Howard and sort of, Jordan Howden, excuse me, surprised it's the first time I've said that. Jordan Howden, um, in that even though the Saints walked away with, what, seven interceptions in 2022, they still finished as a top 10 scoring defense, a top five yardage defense. They were number two in the NFL in terms of passing yards a lot. So even though they didn't get the takeaways, the interceptions, things like that, which you would get if you were firing on all cylinders, they were still a very good defense. They were also still 24th in the NFL when it came to the run. So they weren't firing on all cylinders there either. So the Saints, played exactly what they were like exactly the way that they did in terms of passing defense in 2022 in 2023 but then fired on all cylinders in the run game fired on all cylinders in terms of the takeaway aspect of defense and stayed healthy which i think health is another part of firing on all cylinders then yeah they're the best defense in the nfl they're the number one team right they're the best defense there's no doubt about that but can they do all of those things maybe the biggest question mark out of those things honestly is staying healthy. That might be the biggest question mark. I got a, I got a great question on Twitter about, you know, should fans still be worried about like how on a scale of one to 10, how worried should fans be about the Saints injury history and what have they done this offseason to help prevent it? Well, look, there's not a lot that you can do to prevent freak injuries like, you know, uh, dislocated toes and turf toe injuries. And, you know, you can't do turf, you can't do toe conditioning. <laughs> that doesn't happen. It's just one of those things that just happens on the field. Impact injuries. You can't avoid those. A lacerated kidney. I mean, what do you do? Do you go to go to Marshawn Lattimore and say, hey, don't dive for a pass? Or hey, steel plate your kidneys before you go out on the field, particularly against the Seattle Seahawks? Like, what are you supposed to do? So the Saints haven't been able to do really anything to avoid those injuries. But I'll tell you what they did do. They shored up their depth, particularly in the secondary, and particularly started to do on the offensive line. Still some work, I think. If, I'm, if I was the one saying it, still work to do on the offensive line, shoring up that offensive line depth, and then still shoring up depth on the defensive line, if you ask me. But, but they've started to work on that. And the reduction of soft tissue injuries, ACL tears, things like that, 
was pretty impactful for New Orleans because just imagine the soft tissue injury luck that they had in 2021 plus the just pure bad injury luck that they had in 2022 combined. They wouldn't feel the team. It would be like that that COVID game against the Miami Dolphins, but for 17 weeks, that would be bad. And so I think that's something that we should give the Saints credit for is that they did limit the soft tissue injuries. They had a few early on in the season, guys like DeMarco Jackson, Smoke Monday, um, Oh goodness, the the safety, the young safety out of out of Tennessee, even though he was able to come back during the season. Um, like the Saints still had a few of them, but they didn't have them at the magnitude that they had them in 2021. So they did help themselves there. So firing on all cylinders, I think, requires them to stay healthy, which is kind of the trickiest part. But improving in terms of takeaways, easy, because they had the second fewest interceptions in the NFL last year. So only way to go is up almost. And they were the 24th run defense in the NFL. So you hope that they're gonna get better from there too. So I think that the Saints can fire on all cylinders or get closer to firing on all cylinders than they were in 2022. And if they do, they'll be, again, a very, very good defense in 2023. And I want to take a look here at this question too. Uh, DJ Avignon, who asks, how does Marcus May's possible suspension increase the chances for uh, Jordan Howden to become a starter? It's an interesting question because when I think of Jordan Howden, I think of him as a slot corner, like he's one of those slot safeties big nickel, nickel dime guys that you plug in and let him do the physical stuff with the interior slot receiver. Like that, that's what I think of when I think of him. But as we've discussed many times, he does have a nose to the ball, 24 passes defense in his career, and he does a very good job at making quarterbacks move on. And when I say making quarterbacks move on, I mean, they look deep. Jordan Howden's there and he's in good coverage. He's got good anticipation. He understands where the ball might go. He has a good understanding understanding of pursuit angles. He's got good closing speed with 449 speed. And so the quarterback just moves on, goes to the next level of the progression, comes down, you know, things like that. So I think that those things that he does do give him an opportunity to be a bit more of a um a bit more of a a deep safety if he needs to be, while Marcus May potentially serves what would be a three or four game suspension not connected to the alleged aggravated assault charge in Jefferson Parish, but instead that DUI charge that he had back when he was with the New York Jets before the Saints even signed him. So this is something that they've been sort of watching happen. It's the case that got continued over and over and over again, and he'll go to trial eventually for this. So if he ends up being suspended, who do you put in that sort of deep safety role or in that box safety role, depending upon what you're going to ask Tyron Matthew to do and how healthy Tyron Matthew is or isn't. Again, we have to consider injuries, things like that, that could impact the rest of this. You can't put Jonathan Abrams in and say, okay, go be a deep safety. So maybe that's where Jordan Howden plugs in. Or you don't have Tyron Matthew for some stretch of game or games and you lose Marcus May. So then you plug in a guy like Jonathan Abrams to be the, um, to be the box safety guy. And then you let Jordan Howden be the deep safety guy. And so there are ways that Marcus May's potential suspension could mean early exposure for Jordan Howden on defense if he makes a 53-man roster and you know isn't a, a practice squad guy to start or something like that. So a great question by DJ, because depending upon what happens with Marcus, Mur- Marcus Murphy, that's been a long time, Marcus May, um, it could open the door sooner rather than later for Jordan Howden. Rosters are fun, man. I love the way <laughs> it's always so fun to like the the sort of just ripple effect of what happens if this one thing happens. It's never just this one thing happens, therefore this one thing also happens. It's always this thing happens, therefore 
this series of things follows. And that could be a part of that. All right, coming up later on tonight around 6 p.m., 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Standard Time? What am I saying? Central Time. Uh, we will be live over on the Locked on Saints YouTube page taking a look at A.T. Perry and whether or not he could become the team's next Marcus Colston. Yeah, let's go there. We'll break that down in tonight's episode as well as come back to you with more episodes here all throughout the week, including Brad Spielberger from PFF and more uh, all throughout our week here at Locked on Saints. Appreciate you as always making us a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.